millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com, code GLOW. Welcome to Are You Having a Draft? My name is Bradley James and I am joined by myself, Marcus Ellard. We've reached it, Marcus, part four of four. We always knew it was going to be a four-parter, especially when we said it was going to be three parts. We definitely Especially knew. when we thought it was going to be two. <laughs> <laughs> and here we are, part four. Thanks for sticking with us. You'll be pleased to know that all the drafters in this episode are slightly quicker in their interviews. There is a swiftness of foot about them and their answers, largely because by this point of draft day, everyone downstairs had started to complain. The barbecue's novelty had run out because everyone was full, and so it wasn't able to placate everybody for, any, for much longer. Everyone going up to do their interviews at this stage put a bit of pace into it shall we say i think people were just eager to get started with the actual draft but it was reaching boiling point and no one no one could wait any longer everyone had all those drafting ideas they'd all been up to talk about them with jose and luca they were just excited they'd had the anticipation drummed up by their pre-match interview that they'd given we still had the presentation to go marcus we, we weren't even anywhere close to drafting by this point oh uh, you know what the presentation actually then I think that settled a lot of those anxious drafters. I think it kind of broke the atmosphere and it felt like the, I suppose like it felt like a pre, pre-match kind of entertainment, like almost like cheerleaders. <laughs> <laughs> With 
unfortunately no one anywhere near as attractive as a cheerleader involved in the <laughs> opening ceremony that we had but still it was entertaining we will bring you some of the opening ceremony actually i love that how i've got i went from pre, for pre-match entertainment and you went for opening ceremony <laughs> you've got me really <laughs> like, gone it's gone from like a couple of speeches to being a full 2012 opening ceremony <laughs> it's growing isn't it it grows every year there seems to be more to do there seems to yeah. be more people to try and make a fool of and we certainly extended this year from what was last year i hope it continues to grow it will i'm looking forward to reliving it excellent well here are some draft day interviews to relive mainly for those who were present and actually heard them the first time round. for us we get to hear them for the first time as do our listeners here we go listeners let's get on with draft day interviews part four of meet the press bradley are you having a draft On to our next drafter and our next drafter. Well, this is a different type of interview. Oh, the suspense is already killing me. Now, at this point of the day because a certain interviewer who's been doing a very good job since he arrived of getting on a more linear path yeah driving the interviews yeah because of the lateness of one of the interviewers the interviewers by this point of the day are pushing a bit late into the day people are wanting to get drafting by this stage there's still things to do yeah and so this drafter has gone up with the instructions to get things moving. Now, I talked about different energies earlier. There's two people who have very different energies to Jose for different reasons. One is meds, the other is this guy. And I also mentioned that there's two versions of this guy. There's the happy-go-lucky, creator party <laughs> okay. version. Yeah. Then there is the morose, pretty miserable, dour version. Which version do you think Jose's about to be on the receiving end of? The latter. That would be correct. I'm I'm already enjoying every single second of this. I'm already laughing. Bring it on. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Philip Cairns. So far as we go, we're going to wait for, for Luca real quick. Oh, we have to be fast. Join us. Say again? We have to be fast. Do we? Yeah, we have to be fast because uh, you've been doing this for too long and it's fucking... It's not because we have to, we have to go on, don't we? Yeah, we do. We do. So let's 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 make this as... As quickly as we possible, as we, as we possibly can. Yeah. All right, so so let's start, and then Luca will, will come in. So how are you today? All good? Hungover. Feeling it? Hungover. Yeah, yeah hungover. So in in terms of, of confidence with this new format, this new Legacy League format. Yeah. How confident are you in in terms of winning? Uh, I'm not confident at all. Why is that? Uh, well, it's just it's a it's just a okay. complete gamble, hello mate. Um, anyone can win it. It's just if you got to pick the right players, and if someone else picks the right players, then they win. Okay. So. So I might pick them, but I mean, a one in fifteen chance of picking all the right players. Okay. Now, what? So, what's going to be your tactic then? Just put, just go through a list, and then when people haven't picked guys that I want, then I'll pick them. Okay. So, who would be your top three that you would want? Um, Salah, Sterling, um, uh, Fernandez. Fernandez, mm-hmm. I have a question for you, mate. So, so you have finished 
uh, you know, the last three seasons in the uh, catering zone. Yeah. Is this new format suit you better for uh, than the auction draft? Uh, I don't know. It depends because um, uh, on paper it does, yeah. But I don't know if that's true. Okay. All right. Because you know, if you get out of bed, you get out of bed. Mm. <laughs> or if you pick later, then you pick later. Okay. Yeah. Have you got a secret pick? No. Nobody. No secret picks. No. I, I, are you trying to hide it though? Are you trying to to not give out too much information? No, because this because this is. Nobody listens to this part from you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Who do you, who do you want in the later rounds? <coughs> who do I want in the later rounds? Yeah. Um, what do you mean? Yeah. Which players do I want? Which to players? Pick? Yeah. I mean, if anyone who's going to be like starting, scoring lots of goals, or getting lots of clean sheets. Give me an example. Uh, for example, I don't know if Rashford's still available in round eight, then I'd like him. Rashford. Yeah, but he won't be, I, I expect. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. I hope for the best for you. Um, who would you like to win, if it couldn't be you? Um, Marcus. Why? Or Johnny, or Bradley, or... Um, Bradley, actually. Bradley or Marcus, that'd be good, yeah, for the... Because they're doing the podcast and that. And if there was one that will win... Yeah. Who would it be? Oh, I don't know, man. What do you mean, who will win? Yeah, so, so the first question was, was who, who would, would you like, like to win? win? Yeah. This uh, is uh, not uh, going, uh, who, who do you think was actually going to win? I don't know, I have to wait and see who has the best team. Last season, you could quite, you could say, like, yeah, um, Nick, Nick will win based on his team. Mm -hmm. But then later on, I could say Nick, yeah, but then he might get a terrible team. <laughs> Or they may all get injured, or whatever. You never know. On the other side of the table, who do you think is going to get the wooden spoon? Uh, Yari, probably. Second year in a row. Second year in a row. Well, is that what you're hoping? What? No, not not particularly. I mean, again, who knows? You might have the best team, so he won't get wooden spoon. Who's your Who's your uh, biggest rival? Uh, um, everyone, I guess. Everyone is. Yeah. Rival. Is there one particular that you want to watch out for? No. No? No, well, until I know who everyone has, then you just, it's not. You never know. Alright, fair enough. What interesting predictions do you make for this season? Uh, Bradley and Johnny will uh, bicker. Um, Yari will talk nonsense. Um, Pete will talk about algorithms. Um, lots, I'll do lots of trades. Sounds like, know, a sounds like standard stuff, yeah. So it sounds like the uh, good old uh, same old same old. Yeah. And in terms of uh, you know the, the listeners, why, why should why should the listeners support your team, and how would you like them to show their support? Um, to be perfectly honest, um, if they want to support my team, they can. But um, you know, I don't have any reason for them to support me in particular. There's not a specific way that you want them. To well, support? I don't support a football team, so I don't really want anyone to support me. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah, I think it's a strange thing to do. So, on that, that note, cheers. cheers. Do you have Do you have a Bloody Mary? Bloody Mary, yeah. Oh, man. Well, Excellent. Yeah, Best of luck, brother. Good Thank you very much. Uh, who's next? Who's next? That was amazing. <laughs> that was amazing. It was like 
It's like those old, what, re-watching those old Clough interviews. Oh, where, the cri- where the Clough just literally has no time for the interviewer. It's sort of like watching a mouse go and like, clean the teeth of a lion. We've got to remember that Jose's first language isn't English, it's Spanish. Amazing. Now, he obviously speaks English like it is his first language. But there's a moment at the very beginning of that interview where you suddenly remember that it's not his first language. I've written it down. I've written he threw Jose off his Completely stride. throws him off just his, with his Just with... He's, I was going to say hello. I don't think he even said hello. He said, "Come on, you fuckers! We need to hurry up because you're doing too fucking slow." Or yeah, <laughs> yeah. And again, like if you don't know Phil, yeah. I in fact, the first time I met Phil, I was like, I think I said something like, "You are a bit of a miserable gay, aren't you?" Like yeah. he, because he was just so yeah. He's just burp when he meets somebody first time. That was my. That was the most enjoyable interview for me, and I think purely must be because I know and love Phil. Loved every second of that interview yeah I part of me thinks you have to know Phil to enjoy that as much as we just did because well, I think people are going to hear that and they're going to be like who's this guy why we'll would say, I well, what's the point of that what I thought was it whereas was if that, you know him <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah there are football managers that have done this maybe it was Alex Ferguson that did that kind of thing where he was he kept answering questions well uh, well, we won't know that until the league actually starts, will we? Or oh, we won't we did, know that yeah. until we see the teams. So, hypothetical did not exist to Phil on no. that day. He was being so like down the line with it. I, it, I'm going to take full responsibility for that car crash, basically, because one, I didn't warn Jose about Phil. Yeah. I mean, I didn't know which version of Phil they were going to get. To be honest, he was very. He so he'd been at, like a holy communion in Glasgow, yeah, and had an absolute session. Got on the first plane out of Glasgow the next day. Yeah, good and on was him. with us by 11. And in fairness to to Phil, I was talking about those moments where you sort of... Phil's, I already had a moment with Phil a couple of years ago where I realised that it actually meant something to him. Yeah. The draft. Yeah. Oh, I shan't go into it. But like this time round, I saw him at a distance. You and I were standing in the pavilion. And I, saw... <laughs> I love that sentence. <laughs> Having that, that is the best sentence. And I saw him at a distance, not because of specifically seeing his face, but from seeing his energy. Bouncy. He was running. Yeah. Now, he was hung over. He even says it in the interview. He was hung over, but he was running to get there on time. Yeah. And despite the kind of, as I say, I use the word again, the kind of morose demeanour. Yeah. He is happy to be subdued. there. Subdued. Let's use... That's uh, not subdued, mate. What, that? We what we just listened to was not subdued. Man, that was Gold. venomously aggressive in a very <laughs> placated way, in a very calm down way. So I didn't warn Jose about that. And we got a bit of Phil Gold there in one version of Phil. And so Jose suddenly met with this situation, handles it pretty well once he gets over that initial stumbling block. Then there's one point where Jose must have genuinely thought he was sitting with a psychopath because Phil just suddenly burst out into a laugh. <laughs> and he's like, this table, which I'm sat at now, yeah. is where they were sat. It's, you're a foot, you're, you're, you're exactly two metres away from each <laughs> <Yeah>. other. <laughs> and all of a sudden, you've got Phil sat there, and he's just doing his thing, where he's like, yeah, no, don't know. Probably didn't release eye contact the whole time. And then all of a sudden, he just goes... <laughs> what was it he was laughing at? I, can't remember. I think it's when Phil realised how morose he was yeah. being. I well, think that's when he realised the joke of well, himself, the until, parody of himself yeah. he was being. But until it wasn't until the very very long after he was, he, we heard that from Phil, and all the way through he's sitting there with a Bloody Mary and a stick of celery <laughs> in it. So just have that. So just have that as an image. 
In his football kit. Football kit, Bloody Mary. <laughs> comes up with the Bloody Mary. Hurry up, you're being shaped. <laughs> don't support a football team is a very strange thing to do. <laughs> I don't want your support. I'm sure I've seen him in a Celtic shirt at some point. No, I've seen him in a Scotland shirt. Never oh, seen him in a yes. Celtic yeah, shirt. Yeah, yeah. Jose doesn't know who Rashford is. When Phil's saying, who do you want in the later rounds? And Phil goes, Marcus Rashford. Who, by the way, went to pick 12. Jose takes it seriously. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay, Rashford. He's like, right, yeah. Rashford, all right. Well, Rashford, and Phil was being deliberately provocative. Though, yeah. Because Rashford's going to go really early. Also, mate, almost a little moment of celebration for you. I've been, sort of got doubt. The flames of that got doused a little bit, but... Yeah. When he said, who would you like to in the league? He said, Marcus, I did a silent cheer. Yeah. Because obviously we listened to the thing. And then he named everybody else named in the draft. Else, yeah. <laughs> I even wrote my name down. I wrote my actual name down in case I didn't realise I was talking about me. Marcus. I've written Marcus down on my, my notes. Well, it was nice while it lasted. I think I must have I think I must have really pissed some people off. Why? What makes you say that? Nobody wants me to win. <laughs> Nobody, like, no one's like, oh, Marcus has been doing it for years as well. Nobody even cares I've been doing it for years. Who do you want to win? Oh, it'd be great for the DR a bit <laughs> twice. People are suggesting the safe options, Marcus. Yeah. You well, at the moment are not a safe option. You are not. Uh, we'll see. You're not an open goal in that regard. If you want to win points with the listeners, you say, "I would like Melalu to win. I would like Meds to win." It is easy manipulation because it is. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. I'll listen to you if you if you say I'm wrong. If you've got a counter argument, I will. Listen I'm still to listening you. to your argument. Go on. You want good PR. You say answers like, "Oh, I don't really. I just. I don't really care. I, I'm happy to be here." I'd like uh, someone else to, you know, you, you play the it's altruism card. It's like when footballers card. say, oh, it's not about my hat trick, it's more important for the victory. For exactly. The footballers are liars. Well done, Phil. Well done, Phil. We move on to somebody perhaps uh, slightly more cheerful than Phil. Certainly more optimistic. I'm thrilled to be here. <laughs> yeah, and his name is Matthew Brummett. So, how are you feeling today, man? Yeah, not bad. Yeah, yeah, a, yeah. A lot better than last year. A lot better than last yeah. year. So, talk talking a little bit about last year because this year we have the new format, mm-hmm. the the new mm-hmm. Legacy League format. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about this format, and, and does it bring confidence in terms of, of winning? Well, I guess it's it's a it's a two parter really because there's the change back to the snake draft initially if you pass the Legacy element of it, which is which is more my kind of thing. I think. My knowledge is pretty good, so last year I think I, I had the issue that players would listen, I'd say I'll put a player up and they'll say, oh well, Brummett wants it, mm. so then they'll go after him and pay my money. They can't do it this year, I can right. pick my own players, so that's good. The legacy format, I'm actually, I'm not really factoring it in, I know that's, that's probably bad long term strategy, but I think you can definitely overthink it and think, oh well this guy's going to be good in three years. I'm just going to pick my team. Right. It'll, it'll maybe factor in at the end when I get to my 12, 13 pick. Mm. I'm maybe more likely to, to get someone who's 19 than I am someone who's on his way at the league, maybe. Right. But for the majority of the team, it's only a minor factor into my strategy, really. And what would be your tactic going forward for the whole season? Because I, I usually get really drunk at the draft. So <laughs> I have to tinker my team a lot. But I've got a... Um, this is my first day out since okay. um, having having a little baby boy. So Congratulations. Congratulations. Thank man. you very much. So I've just got a... Um, I'm just going to be on the Diet Cokes today. So I don't have that as a factor. If, if we had to name top three players for you, what would they be? I talk, I've talked about this a bit, but I think that... These aren't necessarily the guys that are going to score the highest points, but I think they're the, probably the next safer bets. Um, I, I think I'd probably go Raheem Sterling first. Okay. 
then the top six. Uh, the top six being Sterling, De Bruyne, Sané. Uh, not Sané. It's not like Mane. <laughs> um, uh, Salah. Fernandez and now Aubameyang mm. they're the big six and I yeah. think that they'll probably go first six um, Trent Alexander-Arnold is is a fantastic player but I think it'd take a lot of ball to sign him top three so I don't really know but Sterling will be my one after that I'm not sure you for sure you're you're, you're set on 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 one so far well I, I, I won't get him I've got 14 to pick right. so I'm going to be I, I, that is just more of a a hypothetical for me. None of those players will get even near me. I'm going to be fighting in the doldrums. But hypothetically speaking, if I did have to pick, that's who I'd probably have. You got a, uh, have you got a secret pick that no one else has thought of? I, I doubt it, actually, this year. I think there's the, the amount of research has shot up. Um, I don't think that there's... Um, I, I think there's maybe... There's a few players that may have been undervalued. I think Ailing, who was one of the, the lead fullbacks, I think it's going to do better than people make out. Um, but then you've got people like Mantle who has done way more research than anyone else. So anyone that I thought of, he knows. Pete has valued every single player in the league. So there's no one, it's not like it was three seasons ago, no one's falling through the cracks. It's all about under and over valuations. And I think that that's where the difference is going to be. It's like taking a player who people think is a 12th round pick, getting him and getting him uh, beforehand when he's actually, in reality, should be a 9th round pick. Yeah. Which, is, which sounds tenuous, but that's what probably wins you the draft. Okay, and and who do you want? Who do you want in your later rounds? Um, uh, well, I think my strategy might be a bit a bit different. Um, a lot of people spunk on um, midfielders because they're quite yeah. sexy. They generate a lot of points. But actually, if you look at like value based drafting models and you actually take a look at, there are so many midfielders on the game that um, yeah, you may get more midfielders may score more points but the differentials are going to change so I think there are less high scoring forwards and defenders so I'm maybe going to probably uh, weigh them a bit higher get them early and later on I'll be looking to pick up uh, maybe good attacking midfielders that other people haven't got yet yeah Trossards players like that yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Who would you like to win the draft, other than yourself? It's a bit of a double-edged sword. So Andy's my, my best mate in the draft. We, we lived together at, at uni like a god over a 13 years ago or something now. Um, so he would wind me up a lot about it, but I, I think I've got to be the nice guy. I'm, you know, I'm a father now, I've got to be the kind of man. Yeah. And um, yeah, so I'd go with Andy to win. Okay. All right, and on that note, Andy has actually said that he thinks that Marley will win the draft before you. Uh, this season, what do you make of that? I, I think it's probably accurate. <laughs> it's probably accurate. I think I've got a feeling that I'll um, have the draft. I think I'll be always the bridesmaid, never the bride. But I think I'll always be up there. I think I'm one of the better guys. But I think I'm probably not risk taking enough to maybe to maybe take it. So, but I don't think I'll ever be bottom three. Correct me if I'm wrong, but there is there is a rivalry between you and Marcus, um, I, I, right? It's one of those one-way rivalries. It happens okay. all the time where there's like a bigger club, and it's so Liverpool and Everton's a good example. Right. Like, yeah, I, I don't really care about Everton that much. They really care about Liverpool. It's like me and Marcus. I don't really mind what Marcus is doing, but he's obsessed with it. So, is your rivalry between Marcus bigger than the one that you have with Andy? Or? Well, I only have a rival with Andy. Marcus has a rival with me. I don't have a rival with him. It's more like, yeah, it's just ridiculous. It's like the lion being upset by an ant. It's not going to factor okay. into me. Oh, okay, cool. Because you know. Bradley really does think that you know uh, the fans didn't even notice you and Andy last season. What, what do you make of that? Um, but that's the thing. Like you know, it's Bradley's an entertainer, isn't he? That's what he cares <laughs> yeah. about. He cares yeah. about public appeal. 
I'm right. not. I'm a. I'm an accountant. I'm a financial. I've got my own financial. You're a numbers guy. Business. I sit in the background and read rewards. What what the public think of me is not not my interest. Okay. Right, right, right. And who do you think? Well, I know you said who you would like to win. Who do you think is going to take it? Oh, Mantle's the best drafter, but he's got an awful pick at eleven. Wolf, I think I'm going to go with Wolf. Wolf's a very good drafter, and he's got pick six, which is I mentioned before. There are six best players, mm. so he gets one of those six top players, but he also gets his second yeah. round pick before the other lads. So I think Wolf will win it this year. All right, let's flip the coin a little bit. Who do, who do you think will get the wooden spoon this year? I think I think now it's gone back to a, a snake draft. I think it'll be unfortunately Meds, which is a shame. He's a lovely lad, but he just he just doesn't have the knowledge of the other guys. Oh, okay. I hope he doesn't. I'd, I'd love for him to stay out of it, but yeah. Excellent. And for the season, you got any uh, interesting predictions for it? Yeah, I, th- I think Bradley's going to have a very bad year this year. Not, but I don't think that's. But I think it's because he's weighted his picks that right. he's going to do very well in future seasons. Because um, I think he's thinking more long term. But I think it means he's going to have a bad year, and he could if he if his, if anything happens with his with his first pick, the the third pick overall. I think he's going to end up in the catering zone. Okay. Who, um, who you, who's your biggest rival? Um, so it's, from a kind of a personal point of view, it's Andy. From a kind of who's at my level, who's a realistic rival, I say I'm. I'd say I'm probably pitching around Dutz. I'd say I think he's more my level. It'd be fighting. We're kind of probably in the kind of fourth, third, fourth, fifth. We're not mantle level, but we know our football, and we're going to be sniffing around that. And for your listeners, for your supporters, um, how would you like them to show their support? I'd, I'd like them not to speak to me. I, <laughs> I, what, right. I don't need them. They need me. And that's the relationship that it should be. It's very, very one-way. I'm not, I do please because I'm naturally a very gregarious, intelligent and beautiful man. So yeah. people will flock to me. I've had that all my life. But that they get from that relationship it's very much like me and Marcus sort of saying he right. gets a lot from pretending he's got to arrive with me well I don't I don't care about his existence it's like my fans you know they and it's it, yeah it's lovely hypothetically that they like me you know that, that if that brings joy to their life but does that change my life or no it so you're saying me. they get more out of their relationship than you more extreme than that that I get nothing out you of their existence out. yeah if 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 I had no fans tomorrow or a million fans it wouldn't affect me but the only positive thing is that they get to have me in their life, which I know is brilliant for them, but right. it doesn't affect right. me. We need positivity and we need things to hold on to in times like this. Yeah, exactly. You're saying that you can't be that person. Well, uh, yeah, You're so like I, don't, I, I don't want to be that person. It's a bit like, you know, Jesus mm. didn't turn up saying, I'm going to come and save you. They just looked it up, up to him and said he was, I'm not saying I'm the son of God, I'm not saying I'm not, but I'm just saying that I bring that indirectly right? and that's, that's what's important. On a note of comparison to Jesus... <laughs> I think that is an excellent way to end that part. Thank you very much for joining Thanks us. a lot, guys. Have a, have have a time. Well, well, well. Big of Jesus. I am fortunate enough to be sat opposite what might be described as the victim of that interview. That is Mr. Marcus Allard. Yeah. I think the gauntlet has been thrown down, sir. How do you feel? Oh, no, I just, think, I just thought I was being quite realistic about it. Oh, really? When I, when I talk about it, I think that's a realistic thing. I don't... Yeah, I think it's quite a realistic thing. The, the, the Liverpool-Everton thing, which obviously is also a dig Andy. I get it. Um, 
We'll see. We'll see how this <laughs> we'll see how this season goes. No, I think it's I think it's I think it's fair. I think you know, I think I I can't remember being blown away by Bromit's draft performances. He talks really good talk, definitely. And he don't, really but for whatever happens, I've never thought, oh my gosh, he's going to win this year. So that I'm just being realistic about it. I could have sat here and sat opposite you and said, you're my rival. Mm. But I know that this season, you've got a very, all like the way that you traded and drafted and stuff, you've got very good t- I could have sat there and said, Nick's my rival, but he won it last year. You know, I'm just, I was trying to be realistic. I think, funnily enough, through Brummett's response, you are very much the biggest rivals of the entire league. That's hilarious. And from the response that we've had from listeners, that is what they would say too. Really? I'm just being realistic about it. I think I'm being realistic about it. I actually agree with you like, in, I'm not in that regard. To, I'm not even trying to like start a fight or anything. Like I just think that that's just... But I also think Brummett is being provocative on purpose. Yeah. Almost maybe to consciously or subconsciously stoke those fires. But the listeners at home, the biggest rivalry they comment on is the rivalry between you and brother. Also, the value-based drafting models, I zipped it, I've not, I didn't fall out there, but I was like, this sounds like it's going down a convoluted kind of way. I feel like he may have had those in previous seasons, and maybe yeah. with the auction draft, that hasn't necessarily worked out too well for him. Let's see if it brings different fortunes... I think he was playing obviously, obviously he was playing a game here as well because I've just look, just looked through my notes from the very beginning of the interview he essentially said this will benefit him better because he said he essentially said I know a lot and other people gained from it in like in pre so when he suggested a player for example and he's he claims that everyone's been oh yeah that's that that's like I'm gonna have that pay he's well good and he's been outbidded as an accountant to be outbidded. I don't believe that. Well, also, I, I think that I feel like he said that tongue in cheek as well. Off the base, well, actually, maybe he didn't say that tongue in cheek. But in fact, no, he didn't say that tongue in cheek at all. I'm trying to throw him a bone. But basically, <laughs> no, what kept happening last year? What he's describing last year is he would name popular players, players that were going to be in demand, and then when people went, "Oh, actually, I'll uh, have him," he didn't have any money, yeah. so he couldn't compete, and he was like. Well, the only reason you're going for him is because I'm going yeah. for him. We've actually got footage from the draft day of yeah. saying that. I remember we played it. Yeah, I remember we did So that. he's tied himself in a bit of a knot there. I don't think listeners are going to be fooled by that. But I do like the fact that Brummett is a bit of a wild card. He's had a mixture of fortunes. He's, he goes up and down the table like a yo-yo. And who knows where he's going to finish this season. That was Matthew Brummett. Entertaining as always. As ever. And we move ourselves on to another man who was also aware of us being on the clock, yeah. as it were. And hopefully it hasn't affected his interview too much. Again, we're not naming any names as to why we were running this late. Because who's ever who would ever thought London had traffic, Marcus? Oh, yes, good point, good point. I've never known it to have traffic, have you? No, certainly not the weekend. <laughs> no one wants to go anywhere on the weekend, <laughs> on a nice sunny day. Yeah. Anyway. We hand you over to the capable hands of the fridge-destroying Peter Everill. Have some sanitizer there. How are you? Very well, yeah. How you're you gonna feeling? Very good. You're going to get short answers, chaps, because I'm ready to get drafted. Oh, All right. you're that yeah. excited. Yeah. Well, let, let's just jump into it then. 
Oh, bloody hell. Give it a minute, I'll just... Uh... Breathe in, breathe in. As... Oh, I've space getting up the, the stairs, yeah, go on. As, as, you, as you breathe in a little bit of air. First, bottom, <clears throat> one place above catering zone, right? Mid-table, are you a yo-yo outfit? Uh, no. No. Oh, you yeah, were serious Literally. about this. Okay. Yeah. You seem confident. You seem very confident. Yeah. Are you confident about the new format of the league, the Legacy League? Yeah. You confident about winning? I'm confident about winning. I don't know if it will be this year. So you're playing a long game? We'll find out. Okay, okay. What is your tactic? It'll all depend on who else everyone else picks. So I've got a few strategies, um, and I'll wait and find out. Name one. Well, you can either build for the future, or you can build for the season. It depends on who, what, who, which players get picked before me. Who are your top picks? Who are your top three picks? I'm not sure yet. You're not sure yet. So you want to be spontaneous? Yeah, I've got a list of about 150 players. So, whichever one is next that hasn't been taken. Okay, who do you want in the later rounds? Harry Kane. Harry Kane. Why yeah. Harry Kane? Because he's really good. So you think no one's going to pick him? Early? No, 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 I'm joking. Um, <laughs> right, so um, who do I want in the later rounds? Okay, now, um, hopefully some players that actually play first-team football and not bench warmers. Right. Have you got a secret pick, that one person that you know you have in your back pocket? I very much doubt any of the players that I can possibly come up with a secret because I think everyone's well-researched and uh, I think it's more... The interesting thing is how early you go on your secret pick. Okay, you, you mentioned that everybody's very well informed. Do you, then in that case, do you have someone who you want to win? In terms of from the draft lads? Yes. Not really. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, so I'd like someone who hasn't won it before to win it. Okay. All right. And in, ter- in terms of who do you uh, feel like will win? Bradley. Why? Because I think he's played a very smart strategy. A little bit surprised by how others have traded transfer picks with him but basically you stand more chance of winning the earlier you pick your players and so he although he's forgone um, some of his earlier picks actually he'll pick he'll have picked 10 of his players by the time everyone's still picking like their 6th and 7th round pick so smart move he basically gets rid of his lower lower later stage picks and has bumped them up earlier so um, yeah he'll be he'll have done his business early which means he'll get to pick um, the lower level players earlier, which means um, he's got a good chance of winning. Let's flip the table. Um, who do you think is going to get the wooden spoon? Potentially me, depending <laughs> on um, what strategy I take. Right. Who's who's your um, biggest rival, mate? Who's my biggest rival, Ray? Yare. Why is that? Because just no one wants him to win. Oh, is that right? Yeah, because you'll never hear. We love him, but you'll never hear the end of it. <laughs> I hear he's a very big talker. Yeah, he's a big talker, too much so. I mean, he's still a big talker and he's finished bottom. He's currently the wooden spoon holder and he still talks the most out of everyone. I think he's not... He's Psychologically, I'm not sure he's quite there in terms of... I don't think he even acknowledges that he's got a wooden spoon. So, But do you think he'll get a second? No, because he's not here today. So someone else is picking his team. So he's going to do much better than he would do if he was here to pick his team. <laughs> That's the kind of stuff that I want to get into. Um, you got any interesting predictions for the season? Um, uh, Bradley will go for a legacy player for his first round pick. So Bradley will go for someone who we can hold for the next 10 years as his, uh, his first pick. 
being the the, um, the draft of the years and coming with the experience and the knowledge of the NFL and how this works and where we've uh, sort of um, got the inspiration from, he's going to go for what, what uh, the NFL would call a franchise player. You you handed Nick the Abdul last year by dropping players he uh, you know benefited from. Yeah, is that going to make you too timid to make the big uh, decision this season? Well, have you heard about my algorithm? We no. have. I mean, I have. <laughs> well, you I have, have. I have. Get your stories straight, chaps. Um, so, yeah, so um, I think Nick would have won the league anyway, or probably should have won the league anyway, without me making some changes. But um, I basically did some predictions of how things would go and used that to inform my decisions last year. Funnily enough, the changes that I made a couple of weeks into the season were against my algorithm um, and were using my gut. And obviously, I've that was a mistake, so I'll be trusting the um, the logic a bit more than my own rationale. Okay. okay. And let's talk about the supporters. Uh, why should they support your team, and uh, what would you want them to do in support? I'd be very surprised if I've got any supporters. But if I did have some supporters, like my Instagram posts... Okay. Like Instagram, do you want them to um, do any kind of post, hashtags... Oh yeah, that'd be good, wouldn't it? I'd like to see some people going around in replica Evil FC kits. Nice. Who can come up with the best replica Evil FC kit? All right, there you go. So you won a contest of supporters. Yeah, yeah. The best kit wins what exactly? Prize of your best supporter. I'll also a competition who can nominate the best prize that they think that sort of that sort of effort should be rewarded with. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Very, very clever, Pete Everall. I loved listening to that. It was again. I feel like he. I feel like he was really insightful last year. I feel like I know. There's two sides. There's two sides. I know Pete as my mate, and we obviously all used to live together. That's the side of Pete I know, like and love and all that. This I feel like this side of Pete is like his work side. His job is that it's that analysis, isn't it? Um, analytics and stuff like that. Yeah. And that is that was really clear in this because I put like it's very analytical, but also I love the fact that depending on those first few people that were picked, and I think Pete was fifth, right? Yeah, fifth, fifth correct. So depending on the people that were picked, the people that were picked in the first four were obviously ones that he would have his strategy would have been different for because he has gone for it. He's started, you build for the build for the season or you build for the future, and Pete's built for the future. He has a date. And I sat next to him and he was, or me and Med sat next to him and he was very, again, focused and he obviously had several different strategies that were in, running in parallel 
And when one person got picked, he got rid of that strategy. When another person got picked, he got rid of that strategy. And I think they're bump. And he literally decided, and he was like, well, I can't win it this season, so I'm going to build for the future. And he has. Amazingly, despite countless incidents that I have witnessed to the contrary, Pete is one of the most intelligent people I know. 100%. I have witnessed many things to suggest that isn't true. But he has those moments that when he is focused, when he is honed in on an idea of something, on a theory of something, he is remarkably intelligent. Eyes of the prize. He's also one of the wittiest people you'll ever meet. Yeah. And I think that is indicative of his intelligence. Again, my mind has been blown. Oh, Andy as well. Like, they do similar sort of jobs, though, don't they? Do they do similar sort of jobs? I mean, both white collar. That's about but as far like, as I can tell again, you. Again, my mind, the way that Pete has approached it, mm. my mind's been a bit blown. I'm a bit, I'm, I'm not, spe- I'm not. Oh my god, Pete's amazing. I'm not speechless like that. I'm a little bit still trying to get my head around how it all works. And no showmanship. No sort of like giving it. I'm bigger than Jesus and stuff. Yeah. Which, we, which is which is one way we we describe like. Like how we described how like The Rock uh, off, off air or something, how The Rock became famous. It was because he was such a bad guy, but he was so good at being a bad guy. Yeah. Everyone loved him. And all. Alan Rickman. Alan Rickman, hundred percent. But Pete is just like Pete is like no nonsense. Pete mentioned then about oh I'd be very surprised if I got fans. He'll pick up fans from that because he's just like he's straight down the line. It's almost like when Wenger came to the Premier League or mm. Premiership as it was back then. When Wenger came in. People are like, what is this guy all about? He was just a little bit ahead of the game, and then he completely revolutionised the Premier League. Whether you know, yes, obviously he was stuck in a rut and he ended up having to go. But I think Pete's a little bit ahead of the game here. I'm excited for our listeners to hear what happened on draft day because Pete had by far and away the most exciting yeah. draft day. Certainly got the biggest reactions. But now hearing again, this is the benefit of this is the brilliant thing about doing it the way we're doing it, which I mentioned in episode what the, the first way round is we were listening to this in hindsight, and if we'd have listened to that and then see and then heard his draft, I'm almost I'm jealous, I'm jealous of the listeners because they will get to hear that and then they'll get to hear his draft and go, oh, that makes so much sense. He's very clever. Yeah. Whereas we were all like, what the fuck are you doing? Fucking oh, <laughs> shit, shit throwing stuff at him. And he's just going, yep, well, you know. It's very much a reversal on last season when he was going, I'm blowing over the barbecue. I think he might have learnt for it because he did, he got, got rattled, didn't he? He did get rattled. This season, no rattle in that cage. No. Because he was one of the last ones. He just wanted to get drafting. It had been going on a little bit too long for Pete. Boom, yeah. Boom, 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 boom. There you are, ladies and gentlemen. Peter Revel. For the listeners that we, the listeners, we were about to go into our last one. Mm. Although we've got four episodes here, you and I have actually done this on one night. I feel like I've been through, I've been through the ringer tonight. I've like, <laughs> I've laughed, I've like had my mind blown. I, Andy's interview feels like three days ago, <laughs> which was, and Andy's blown my mind last time. And so I feel like, I'm, yeah, this is really interesting. I love the fact that even just you and I, we get to see a side of the drafters which we don't normally get they open up in a different way to whichever interviewer we have Zach brought out certain things last season Jose and Luca are bringing out different things this season that we wouldn't see because down there as I'm pointing to the back garden, yeah, yeah, yeah. there's all this sort of bravado and fun and games that goes on you can hear it in interviews you all laugh yeah in the background you hear us all laughing and joking and then when they get upstairs the answers are 
very uh, revealing, I suppose, yeah. of characteristics. Some you can some you can kind of predict, I suppose. Others just give away a little something that you weren't you know you weren't expecting. Yeah. So last but not least, uh, I believe we're going to listen to the interview of one Bradley James. We are indeed. I was obviously probably from a production point of view, I was also aware of the time issue here and I don't think it's particularly rushed but they're swifter answers than I usually usually would give okay ladies and gentlemen here's yours truly alright good sir we're enjoying cooking we saved the best for last the commissioner the the creator how are you feeling feeling great after being given those uh, titles such a warm welcome how are you guys doing so far so good thank you so much for your patience today doing all this for us well, we've yeah, had thank a you blast you. meeting everyone with all the personalities and stuff like that and i'm very eager to hear your take on all this i'm and eager to give it to you jose and luca fire away what you got for me first question that i want to ask you yeah I, I want to sort of get into you know your mind in terms of tactics right you organize all this the podcast are you embarrassed that you have not won since the first season uh, embarrassed? No, I wouldn't say so. I at the moment, no one's won more than one. Okay. And I think the embarrassment kicks in if lots of people start to win two. Right. I've had a couple of occasions where I've come close to my second. Okay. This season might indeed be that time when I get my second star. Ooh, I like that confidence. Are you confident about this new legacy format? I'm confident about the way you guys are conducting this interview. I love the body language. It's fantastic. <laughs> am I confident about this legacy format? Yes. I am confident that it will be very intriguing, very interesting for the drafters. It's brought a new kind of spin on the way we were doing things. And I like the fact that it has introduced a level of forward thinking that we haven't had before. Your Every decision that is made now is going to echo through the seasons as opposed to just being written off at the end of it. And I like that because it means that people have to be more accountable for those decisions. With this with this new change, do you have a tactic for the season? Something that is a little bit different than, than before? I'm glad you asked that, Jose. I have made the most trades already. There's not even a player's name on the board and I've made loads of trades. And the reason for this is mostly so to not be boring. Okay. felt like I should spice things up. What my trades have meant is that I will be done by pick 153. There's 240 picks. If I've fallen down anywhere in the past, it's been because my squad has not been well-rounded. Now, unless I do terribly when I'm picking the players, I should have certainly a more well-rounded squad than I've had in the past. That's my tactic. I'm going to have one huge name at pick three, and then I've given up two, three, my fourth round pick, and I've got picks all in the middle. So I'll have a host of very average players alongside, hopefully, a superstar who doesn't get injured. And speaking of superstars, top three players that you would like? For me, anyone who drafts Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang is finishing the top three this season. Fernandez at Manchester United is nailed on first pick. I've also got my eye on Raheem Sterling, the third, in that list. Do you have a secret pick, one that is slipping through the uh, radar, if you will? I said Dwight McNeil last year. I don't think he is as much of a secret this year. I would say, I would hope that somebody like... I would hope that Ramsdale, who's just signed for Sheffield United, might 
fall through the cracks because he was at Bournemouth last year they didn't have a good defence he's got a better defence in front of him and I might be able to pick him up further back in the rounds fair enough and in those later rounds who else would you pick up other than Ramsdale young lad at Liverpool Brewster striker I'd be picking him up because he's very young and he might come good in future seasons if I could get him at 16th pick you've got a guy who could remain in your team for 15 years Mm-hmm. before I'm to make a decision on it. And in 15 years' time, he'll be in his 30s. But Brewster, Liverpool. Let's see if I can get him at pick 16. I want to I wanna talk a little bit about drafters mm-hmm. and, and everyone in there. I mean, you're a champion, but apart from oh, yourself... Sir, you charmer. Apart from yourself, yeah. who would you like to win? It's about time Johnny Wolf won. Wolf. He gets okay. the hardest time, deservedly so. It would be nice to continue the theme that we have of a new name being on the trophy. As I said, no one's won it twice. It's got to be time. I think he's got a hurdle, a personal hurdle to overcome first. He struggles with fair trades. He's not able to offer up something. like He's, he's scared of risk when it comes to trading. Right. If I'm trading with you, I've got to offer up something of value to get something that I think might become of value. He has a lot of fear around that. He's a very good drafter. I'm hoping he overcomes adversity. Right, yeah. And it's a real Hollywood script of a story that uh, he has a down moment kind of midway through the season and then epiphany hits him, he makes a trade. For, for me, this seems like a series in terms of how it can go up and down. I think that's Johnny's life in general. <laughs> that's his life. Yeah, possibly. Uh, so I think Johnny Wolf. But who do you think will take it other than yourself? I was impressed by Andy O'Neill's trades. I think perhaps somebody who's already traded the season before the drafts happened. He made a very clever trade and I would look at Andy O'Neill. I would look at the format itself I think will make people not do as many transfers. The people who that falls into the wheelhouse of is Pete and Mantle. They do well when they can just leave their teams. Johnny is not a million miles away. Johnny Wolf would be up there. Let's say Andy. I've been impressed by his trading and I think he's got another trade up his sleeve where someone will get shafted. He's so lovely. It's so difficult not to get shafted by him because he's just so nice with it. He just let it happen. And I think he's probably got one of those in him that can make that happen this year. But let's let's uh, flip the coin a little bit. Yeah. What do you think we'll get the uh, wooden spoon? Melody. That was a very quick wow. answer. I think it's that Melody. Was... I think it's going to be too deflating what happened to him yesterday. I think there's a real question mark over what is going to make him pay attention this year. Because it was e- it's easy when you're on top. You know, he sings when he's winning. <laughs> when he's not... <laughs> When he's not, he's not. No. And I think he'll go very quiet this year, and I think he'll probably sink like a stone. And I don't want to see that happen, but I'm, I'm worried that it might. Who do you think your biggest rival is this season? It remains Pete. It remains Pete. Why is that? He's, he's my best mate. We've been best mates since you know we were kids. I think I mentioned last year about our mums having coffee together and be nice for one of them and have the bragging rights over the other. I both want him to win and lose at the same time. It's a painful juxtaposition I go through. But in that, it, he becomes my, my main rival. Yeah. In terms of um, predictions for this season, mm-hmm. what, what are they for you? What are your predictions? Well, I mentioned before, whoever drafts Aubameyang will finish top three. Mm-hmm. He's been listed as a midfielder. There's no way he's not going to get over 200, probably 250 points this year. Injury is the only thing that's going to stop him from doing that because otherwise midfielders get more points for goals, he'll get points for clean sheets, and he's still playing as a striker. So that and Andy will take transfer pick number one. 
and Phil will finish in the top five this season. He's done a lot of trades, and I think he's going to be well placed to do well this year, despite finishing in the bottom three in the catering zone three years in a row. I think he's going to finish top five. And finally, um, why should the listeners support the uh, Liberators FC? That's an excellent question, Luca. You two, and because, yeah, you two yeah. boys are best placed to answer this because once people they see the Liberator, hopefully in November of 2020, yeah, I, I think they'll be in support of all things Liberators, yeah. least not the fantasy football team. I sure hope so. Draft. I sure hope so. Exactly. Um, and, and you being the captain. Mm. Hmm. How would you like them to show their support? Is there something specific that you want them to do? Hey, let's hope they all tune in to Netflix around November time and watch The Liberator. That is the best way they could show their support. I agree 100%. Yeah. I think that I think they that, should... I thought I'd be knocking on an open door with that one. They should definitely watch the show. Definitely. And in order to show their support for Liberators, FC, yeah. they should definitely post about it. Yeah. Uh, talk about it as much. Tell their friends and families. Spread the word. Uh, and strangers. I mean, you should talk to strangers about this. What, show. I think I think that's a brilliant idea. Here's what I'd say, Luca. Of all the episodes in Liberator, which episode do you think they should watch? Oh, definitely number one. How about you? you I mean, I'm, I'm a strong I'm a strong advocate to for them to watch all the episodes. Yeah. But I feel that number two okay. is a very interesting one. It's just character development is, is what I'm going. Interesting why you would choose those. I, I think that they it would be his best interest for everyone. Hopefully they're going to keep their eyes I, I think it's integral to the story is what I'm saying. That if you don't watch number two, yeah. you won't get the rest of the show. Right. Yeah. I what about you. you? I think they're all great. I feel like what the supporters need to do is they have to watch one and then they have to watch two. And, and they might as well watch yeah, exactly. three and four three as well. Exactly. Yeah. And then, hopefully, by November, I'll be streaming away at the top of the table from a fantasy football point of view and doing Liberators Proud. Who knows? We shall see. We well, shall see. I have my fingers crossed for you because you do represent the Liberators. So what I'm saying is you better... So do. There you go. For those of you who are listening, that those are the dog tags of the Liberator. So on that note, Captain, pleasure having Captain. you. Best of luck this afternoon chaps let me take this opportunity to thank you for your hard work this afternoon thank you for grilling our drafters and I look forward to hearing what they have to say under the hard focus light that you shone on them it is an absolute pleasure and any, we'll do anything for yeah. the 157th it's an honour I'm pulling the chain on the 157 wow wow are you in a program this year <laughs> <laughs> bloody hell um, I didn't realise quite just how much of my interview was self-promotion. Yeah. I also think that did, the fact that both of your interviewers are also in said television programme, Netflix programme, I think probably... They, they seemed were... really keen to also yeah, promote it. of course. <laughs> well, so, we had, I suppose, a bit more direct from you this year, because obviously the time constraints that we were on, on the day. Yeah. But some interesting, again, Johnny came up, Johnny came up again. Yeah. There. Which obviously you've known since we've listened to all of these, so you've been slowly dig- digging and digging and digging until you get there anyway. Pete being your rival and Mel for the spoon. After all the hard work we've done with the podcast and the social media. Yeah. And you're doing that to him. You say, am I doing that to him? Listen, I said I don't want it to happen. I, yeah, you did. You I don't did. want it to be the case. But to go what he went through last season, we heard a lot from him last year. Word a lot from him on social media. He was commenting on the Instagram posts and what have you. He was commenting on everything and, and getting involved and very much enjoyed the attention he got from the fan base. Does that still happen? 
if he is not riding high. I hope so, and I yeah. believe he has it within him. So Don't... perhaps there's a piece of me that is essentially just prodding the bear. It's kind of exo- I suppose it must have taken a lot out of him to. It kind- I suppose yeah. it's kind of like. I mean, it's timely because the presidential campaign is happening in America. I suppose it's, it's like going around and campaigning, but campaigning, going to every single state, mm. putting putting time in, putting effort in, doing all the right interviews, doing all that things, and being so close. If he'd stop, it's like that thing, you know, when say you've been busy, 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 mm. so busy you can't get ill. The moment you stop, yeah, you get ill. So if, and I think maybe if the league's been this close together, maybe Melo can keep that momentum going but maybe like you say if he's taking that breather it's going to be an uphill climb I actually think it was such a shake up last year that I I feel that the drafters who were there was a lot of drafters who were going through well transitional seasons essentially there's a different word for it what do I mean I know what you mean it's where Leicester won the league yeah and in that season Chelsea finished 10th and were going through a complete revamp, basically, and came out the other side and won the league the next year. Man City were in between great great sides they had. Arsenal just did well with what they had. They weren't transitioning to to anything. I think Melalu caught a year last year where a lot of the bigger players were perhaps having a bit of a, a season off, almost, or a season that caught them out. Where do you think that puts Nick then? Do you do you, do you believe that Nick was because you didn't mention Nick in your thing? But do you believe that was a bit yeah. of a beginner's look? I think Nick is a genuinely good drafter. I yeah. don't think you come in and win it the way he did. Or what I would maybe say is, I think this season will be so much closer across the board. I feel like the format and I feel like the knowledge and experience that everybody has means it's going to be a closer run year. And I mean that in terms of more teams being involved in the title race. There were two teams at the top yeah. of the table last year. Nick was top from game week one. Yeah, he was. And it was only either him or Melalu who were top of the league. Nobody else. Yeah. And nobody else got a look in. You mentioned in your interview there, so we'll go on this one, at like, I thought it was interesting. Obviously, you, you said it, you said all the stuff, but this is another thing that's interesting to me. If I, if I was talking to someone else that wasn't you sitting in front of me, yeah. I'd say I think it was really interesting that you you did all that trading, knowing what you've just said then actually about like how it's going to be a tight season. That is the reason that you wanted to have all of your picks within the first 125 or whatever, because you needed to get the big boys in first. What enabled me to do that is that I had pick three. Yeah. So at pick three, you're guaranteed a shot at someone who has potential to get 250 points. Yeah. Potential. That either works or it doesn't. Now, what I then have struggled with is getting a list of 11, 12 players who are going to get over 100 points. I've managed to bring in previous seasons, my transferring is usually pretty good. So I've been able to bring players in. I probably would have finished in the catering zone last season, but for the fact I was able to make a few transfers at the right time. All of a sudden, if I'm picking up sooner, I have to back myself in terms of my knowledge of players and believe that my order of pick is actually going to get me some gems higher up that list. So if I fall back into the order, I'd, for example, and we'll learn this later on, but my third round pick at pick 53, everyone else is getting their pick three like, pick 30 something my third round pick was pick 53 mm. my second round pick was pick 52 yeah Andy's second round pick was 16 so the difference there is a Massive. lot but because of the way the drafting worked for me 
it felt like people slipped through the net who should have been higher up in the draft. Yeah. So even though I'm getting what is the equivalent to like a fourth or fifth round pick, I actually feel like the talent I was able to pick up is not too far away from a second round pick. And then by the time I'm getting to the later picks, I'm finishing off my team. Yeah, someone like me, I've had six more players to exactly. pick whatever. Now, that just worked because I had pick number three. Yeah. So I was aware that I was getting a big player. If I had Andy's pick, I would have gone the way Andy did because Andy top-loaded. Yeah. To just try and break that down a bit, he basically had to forego the middle to try and get picks who were in the top 50 and he ended up with five of them. Yeah. So Andy's going to be, and I, I think I mentioned this in the interview I'd said about the trade. In fact, Andy is who I said was Yeah, he's favorite. the person I circled in my book here. Yeah. And the reason I said him is because the trades he did put him in a position that just gave him a better angle than everybody else. Pete, Mantle. Marcus. Wolf. Marcus. Marcus. Yes, there you go. <laughs> Dutz. Nick. It's everyone. <laughs> have all gone with the formatted draft order. Yeah. With a straightforward draft order. Andy has adjusted his and he's coming at it from a different angle. And because of that, I think he's in a better position than all of those names I've just mentioned. Oh, you shouldn't put me in there. <laughs> well, you asked for it. No, no. I, I thought, you, I thought you were going to... Like how, like how earlier someone went, Marcus, and I was like, oh, yes. And then, and then they went, oh, it's Phil. Mentionary names. Well, listen, mate. I would say you've got yourself a lovely hurdle to jump. You've got S- your, to straddle. To clear. You've got the opportunity to prove everybody wrong. You know what? I'm really looking forward to people finding out our team because I think people... I, I'm really confident with my side. So you should be. When mate. I came in today and I looked at the board, I was like, yeah, you know what? You know what? Done well there. I think you've got a lot to work with. I think you're in a good place to try and make some things happen. Also, first game week, some of my players aren't playing, so I'm looking forward to swapping them in for game week two. Yeah, game week one was a bit of a misnomer. Yeah. Is that the word? I, I like it. Because of those missing fixtures. Yeah. So I think it's going to be two or three game weeks before we get an idea of who's got what. Ooh. I've said it before I don't like wishing away my life but I am very excited to see what happens in the next few weeks <laughs> very excited yeah and well we'll get to talk about what happened draft day we'll get to talk about what everybody thinks of everyone's draft post draft day yeah. we've got a lot to break down over the course of the next few game weeks so Bradley hopefully by the time the Liberator comes out we'll be up to speed oh, come November have you, got a, have, you got a, have you got a show coming out Bradley I've, that surpassed me. I don't like to talk about it. No, no, clearly. I don't like to make people aware that they should tune into Netflix yeah. and run about November 10th. If you've not got Netflix, get your free trial and all that. <laughs> um, so that was, much like the season, our evening was a marathon. Wasn't it, just Not a sprint. Yes. I feel like we've covered a lot of ground there. I feel like we've been through a gamut of emotions Haven't and feelings. Oh, yeah. And I also feel like when I get back on the train tonight, I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna be looking at Pete's team. <laughs> I'm gonna look at Pete's team and see how, what year, and then predict. We we'll have to predict what year Pete will win in. <laughs> you know what Alan Hansen said? You don't win anything with kids. What do you mean? The famous Alan Hansen saying. What he said? What? 1995, Manchester United got rid of a load of players. Blackburn had just won the league. Oh. Bergson got rid of. Uh, I think it was Paul Ince. Steve whole host, and all that lot and Dennis Irwin Pallister yeah whole host of players yeah. they got rid of and they played their first game against Aston Villa they lost 3-1 Villa played them off the park Johnny would be very pleased to have that remembered and Alan Hansen on much of the day very famously said you don't win anything with kids I have heard this one now you've said it yeah cut to the end of 1996 
and those kids are lifting that trophy. There we go, ladies and gentlemen. That is our drafter interviews for season eight. Pick your favourite. Pick your favourite. Yeah. Send them a message. Some you won't be able to because they're or a cake them. apparently. Or bake them a cake. Show them your support. <laughs> the more original, the better. And we look forward to providing you with coverage of how the season goes. And coming up very soon, we will break down draft day. I'm looking forward to that. I'm also looking forward to these being released and hearing what our audience have to say. But not only what our audience have to say, but how the WhatsApp group pops off after our analysis. But the good thing is, throughout the rest of the season, as last season, we'll be getting all the drafters in to talk about their teams, to talk about their progress, to talk about our teams... We're not just, it's not just a one-sided argument of us yeah. two sitting in a room having a go at all of them or vice versa. They do get the opportunity to come on and I'm looking forward to having them all back this year. The right of reply will be theirs. Yes, absolutely. As it should be in a democratic free thinking. Oh, it's too late, mate. In a Desmond democratic. <laughs> Des- Desmond democratic. He's another one for Melody. <laughs> <laughs> the Eastern European forwards. <laughs> Can't wait to pick up in the August transfer window. Desmond democratic. Well, Marcus, I guess that just leaves us with thank yous. We shall start off, we've mentioned him tonight, Matthew Melalu. He's done a lot of the artwork, a lot of the stuff you see on social media. Thank you very much for that, Matthew. An excellent job, and we believe in you. Thank you also for all the music and our theme tune to the wonderful CJ Pandit. CJ! Also, thank you to Kate Bellamy. For the initial kickoff with all the artwork, at kate.made.this. Oh, this is a new one. This is a new one. We have to thank him for two things. We've got to thank him for the excellent interviewing that he did for us. We also have to thank him for the photography. We've got a new guy. His name's Jose Palmer. You've heard his voice a lot tonight. At the Mr. Palmer. Mr. being MR, not the full word. Very good. And also, as always, and last but not least, our wonderful friends and hosts at ACAST. Thank you, ACAST. We appreciate it. Brilliant. Great to actually see you in person and do this rather than over Zoom or the internet or whatever. I know society is going that way where we are creating that virtual society, all these meetings over Zoom or what have you. But I have to say, Marcus, I think I prefer this dynamic. Great. And we've managed to remain two metres away from each other the whole time as well. Yeah. I don't know what that's done for the sound. but I know. Been... <laughs> we'll find out. I mean, this is where you call me and I'm like, right, we need to do that all again. <laughs> um, good. We should also say one more thank you to Luca Barcelona who also helped us with the interviews. Thank you, Luca. Until next time, draft safe. We got Arsenal's number one. We got Arsenal's number one. We got Arsenal's number one. Leno is number two. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.